Did you find your spot there in Exodus 3? If you haven't found it now, just quit looking because you've had plenty of time, plenty of time to find it. And uh, uh, But three principles I want to give you, just one today, one Thursday night, and one next Sunday. Three principles of walking with the Lord. I'm going to give it to you right off and follow up with Scripture behind it. The first principle is this. Talking about three principles of walking with the Lord. Number one, first principles, as we're going to talk about today, is the first principle of walking with the Lord. Let the Lord have our full attention. Let the Lord have our full attention. Look at Exodus chapter 3. Look at verse number 1 through verse number 4. It says, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back side of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. Verse 2 says, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And finally, verse 4 says, And when when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush. He said, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here am I. Let's pray. Father, we ask the Lord to help us today. Father, I ask the Lord just to speak to our hearts, draw us closer to you there, Father. And Father, Lord, as I tried to unload your word, Father, I pray, Lord, that it will just be unloaded to our hearts and and just that we'd be better Christians and uh, better to serve you and all that we do. Father, we just want to honor you. We we want to reflect Jesus in our life. Father, as the topic of today is is walking with you, walking with the Lord. Father, we all want that. That's why we're here. And, uh, and Father, I pray, Lord, that you would just help us. And, uh, Father, we sure would thank you. We love you. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. So the first principle is let the Lord have our full attention. Sometimes we as Christians, sometimes we have difficult time with giving God our full attention. Sometimes we get busy. Sometimes uh, our past our past failures or our past successes dictate our future. Sometimes we let our past tell us what we're going to do in the future. Now, I get some of that, but let the Lord have our full attention is the first principle. You know, uh, you ever find, let me ask you a couple questions here this morning. And uh, you ever find it difficult, let's just be real for a moment, difficult going forward for God? Sometimes it can be really difficult. You ever find it difficult to, to read God's Word and, and actually focus on it and, and, and pray? You know, one of the things, uh, I had to cut my, and I'm going to go to Medellin now, but uh, I had to cut my social media n- notifications off because oftentimes I read my Bible, I'm so unspiritual, from my app, and, uh, and my Bible is my study. And uh, in a preacher's world, it, that that helps, you know. And, uh, and and so I'm reading it and reading it and reading it, and then so-and-so comment on this. So-and-so like this. I'm like, cut that junk off, you know. You know, there's so many things in our life that encourage us to be distracted. Would you agree with me there? And, uh, you know, sometimes it's, it's difficult uh, sometimes to even want to go forward or even to 
attend church or, or can I put it this way, to do any, any type of spiritual activity. Maybe, maybe you can identify with this because I know I sure do. Sometimes I, I wonder why um, it's more easier to get, um, easier to live for the things that I like to do than, than for spiritual things, you know. And, uh, but praise the Lord, God's faithful. Praise the Lord, He is, he is patient with us. Man, ain't you glad God's, God's patient with us and, and, and full of grace? And, and uh, praise the Lord that we're able to grow. Praise the Lord that uh, I've been saved now since I'm 12. And so what is that, 30 years, I guess? And, and, and um, praise the Lord that I got saved then and, and for the growth that God's allowed over these years. And praise the Lord for the growth that's been in your life, you know, because he's, that's just who he is, because he wants us to walk with him. He wants us to grow uh, in him, you know, as a pastor, been been in the ministry for, I think this March will be 25 years. And uh, I've never been able to be comfortable. Maybe you can identify with this when you see folks choosing the wrong path, going down the wrong direction, and you know, and you try to tell them, no, the Bible says this, but no, don't. And they just keep, no, I'm going to go, go sow my wild oats, so to speak. And, and can I share my heart with you this morning? And I was going to say it this way. As you, I want to go forward for the Lord, as you do. And I want you to go forward for the Lord. I want, simply put, to continue in the things of God. I want my family to continue in the things of God. I, I said this before in our other church that we uh, planted, and, and I said, I, I never want to hear my children ever say this statement. My dad used to take us to church. My dad used to be a preacher. My dad used to... Those things, brother, those things are, are heavy on my heart. And, and uh, I want to continue what God has, has laid. I want churches to be established. I want churches to grow. I want Christians to grow uh, uh, in their walk with the Lord. And I want to see people trust in Christ and baptize and grow in that faith. And, but you know what? I can't do it alone. And you can't do it alone. We need, we need each other. We need to encourage one another and and, uh, and and we do that by the power of God and we simply simply need him to do something in our in our life. Let's here in Exodus chapter three we see this preacher, how's all that fit with Moses? Well I think it fits perfectly with Moses. And because uh, if you see here, let me give you a little bit of background. We read uh, chapter three verses uh, uh, did I cut that off on accident? And uh, okay, and uh, on on in chapter three we just read that part about the burning bush. But jump back into chapter two. I'm not going to read it, but I'm just going to just kind of lay it out for you. Is that we see the birth of Moses, chapter two, verses one and two. We see how he was born, and uh, you know he was born under a death sentence. If you realize that, you know how all the boys supposed to be murdered, and and uh, um, and so we see that the birth of Moses, and from verses one and two, verses. Three, to, 3 through 10, we see the provisions of Moses. Remember, Miriam, his mother, and made an ark of bulrushes and, and, uh, um, and, and, and kind of put him in the water and, and let him go down the Nile. And I tell you, that had to take a lot of faith from that mama. A lot of faith in the God above to take care of my little baby in that little ark of bulrushes. They say that, that the Nile was not just a friendly river, that there's all kind of critters in there that could easily 
uh, uh, took that ark away, but God, God uh, trusted, God kept them all safe. But the ark of bulrushes and and the and that family that watched over them, and and uh, I said that Miriam was Moses' sister, uh, Moses' mother. Miriam was Moses' sister. Jacobet was the mother of Moses, and she's the one that let just just think about that. Just just grabbed it and just let that thing go. No strings attached. Now, if we was going to do it, we we're going to put a rope onto it, you know. You kind of, but that's not what they did, was it? They just, just let it go, and and uh, and they trusted the Lord. So we see the provisions that God gave Moses, and and we, look at verse eleven and twelve, because I want to pick that up there of chapter two. We see the failure of Moses, and this failure really projects the rest of Moses's life, really. And uh, look at verse number eleven and twelve, and that's for, I don't want to. Uh, uh, Pick apart his failures because we as we as Christians we're good at picking someone else's problems and instead of ours, you know. But uh, but here we see look, look at verse eleven and twelve of chapter two of Exodus. It says and it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown, he's no longer a baby in the ark of bulrushes, that he went out unto his brethren and looked on their burdens and spied an Egyptian smiting an Hebrew, one of his brethren. And look at verse 12. And he looked this way and and that way. And when he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. We see the failure of Moses. You know, he took matters in his own hands. Uh, Look, in verse 12 says he looked this way and that way. I don't know if you see it this way. Uh, The way I understand that... I see a little child with his hand in the cookie jar looking to see if mama or daddy is is looking. Why? Because he knows his hand ain't supposed to be in that cookie jar. And he's looking. There's no one there. And when he saw there was no man, he slew the Egyptian. So I believe, I've heard, I'm going to clarify this because I've heard that this wasn't, like he didn't mean to, and that's fine, uh, but I believe he meant to do this because he looked this way, there's no one coming. He looked that way, there's no one coming. And he snuffed the guy out. You know, he's now sleeping with the fishes, i.e. buried in the sand. You know, and uh, uh, why? Because he sent, he slew the Egyptian, and the Bible says he hid him in the sand. Tells me that he knew what he was fixing to do. He knew he meant to murder him which is true with us today. Most of the time, we as God's people, as Christians, sometimes we fall into sin. Sometimes we, we slide, we, we slip, we get that. But I think the majority of the time when we sin, we know exactly what we're doing, if we're honest about it. Moses knew exactly what was taking place, and, and he jumped in, and he... He was all in, <laughs> you know. He murdered him, and then he buried him. Verse twelve, we see he, he murdered him. Verse twelve, he he covered him up, and uh, and that's one of the things we see when we sin. That there's two options when we sin. There's repentance. We don't see that here, but we will eventually. Or there's cover up. At this point, Moses chose to cover up. I'm not going to ask myself or ask us this morning how many times have we've chosen that path to cover up our sin instead of um, getting it right. And uh, let me ask us a question, then we get into the, the message. Moses 
failure changed everything in his life. It changed his career. It changed his home. Changed his testimony. His conscience. Changed his future. But as we know the account, it did not change the fact that God still wanted to do something with Moses. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever messed up that way? I ain't talking about murder. <laughs> I'm going to go hide now, you know. Uh, but have you ever messed up? I'm talking about really stepping in it, really just doing, maybe that's not a phrase that we should use around here, but uh, that would totally be understood in Wyoming just fine, you know. But, uh, um, but sometimes we do mess up really bad. And in so much of our messing up, we think we're done. God can never use us again, right? How many times does the devil uh, sell us that bill of goods? And how many times do we buy it? And, uh, but you know what? That's never the case. We can never be too broken to belong. Uh, never be too broken to belong. You know, here we see Moses. We can say that he messed up pretty good. He murdered a guy. He buried that guy. And, and then we see him, after those verses, he flees. That's the next point. We see the fleeing of Moses. Uh, so we see, the, uh, we see the birth of Moses, the, the provisions for Moses. We see the failure of Moses. And, and then verses 13, 14, and 15, we see the fleeing of Moses. And this all goes into chapter 3. And uh, we see verse 13, it says, And when he went out the second day, behold, two men of the Hebrews strove together, means they were fighting, and said to him that did the wrong, wherefore smitest thou thy fellow? He said, why are you fighting for? Bunch of knuckleheads. You know, that's, in the, that's in the Greek, Hebrew. And uh, verse 14, and he said, who made thee a prince and judge over us? Here it is. Intendest thou to kill me as thou killest the Egyptian? And Moses feared and said, surely this thing is known. What he did, he buried, he thought he covered it up, but he didn't cover it up, did he? It, it became open. And uh, verse 15 says, now when, Mo, now when Pharaoh heard this thing, he sought to slay Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. We see the fleeing of Moses. The very next day after he murdered the guy, his sin was, was brought before him, and he ran. And he fled away. He, you know, oftentimes we, some people still do that today, isn't it? When they're confronted with their sin, when they're confronted with the Word of God, with the sin, they, they run away and they don't get it right. Here we see he, he runs away. But the cool thing is about Moses. He knew he did wrong. He didn't try to justify it. He, he said, hey, this is what I did. But he, he tried to run away from the consequences. So, Jumping ahead here a little bit, when Moses went back, you know, to Mo, uh, to Egypt, you know, there's a, you know, there's a certain level of uh, danger for him there, you know, and uh, but he knew he did wrong, nor did he try to attack his accusers, and and um, Moses was running and hiding in his sin. You know how long he was at that well? You know how long he was on the backside of the desert? Forty years. Forty years. Forty years. So you can break up Moses' life in, a, in about 40-year increments. He was 40 years in Egypt, 
He was a warrior. He was a prince. You know, he had he had everything this world had to offer, literally, literally. And then he sinned, and then he ran and hid for forty years. But you know what? There's some during those forty years, Moses became a man. Some things happened in Moses' life that we don't know a, a whole lot about. But uh, but man, he 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 came back to Egypt after that forty years, not the same man that he was when he left. Egypt, and uh, so we see all this, and and uh, we see the flock, and you know, and uh, I'm jumping ahead now, but uh, so they're talking about. Let's pick it up now in chapter three, is where we read. Moses was running and hiding for about forty years until he came to the burning bush. So forty years in Egypt, forty years running and, and hiding, whatever that looks like is whatever that looks like, and then and then we come to see chapter three. The burning bush experience for Moses. We're talking about principle number one of walking with the Lord. If we're going to walk with the Lord, we need to do so by letting the Lord have our full attention. Look at verse number one of chapter three. The principles of walking with the Lord, let God have our full attention. What do we see here? The very first thing we see, we see Moses with the flock. Verse 1 says, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. Now let's pause there. What do we see here? We see that he was faithful. He was working faithfully. He was responsible in his work. Not anybody's going to let you take your sheep on the backside of the desert. You know, I mean, that's their, that's their uh, livelihood. That's their moneymaker, if you will. He was faithful working. He, he was responsible in his work. He was trustworthy. And, uh, uh, you know, can I say that? I say it this way. No matter where we're at, no matter where you're at in your life right now, no matter what you're doing, we can all be faithful. We can all be responsible. We can all be trustworthy in all that we do. We don't have to be jack legs, you know, or jack wagons. I guess that's a phrase here. I'm not sure. But uh, um, but let me ask you a question. Let me ask our own selves a question. I think we all agree that we have a desire to do more for God. I don't think any of us here this morning are, are okay, I'm, I'm, I'm where I want to be at. No, I, man, I checked that box. I'm walking with Jesus just, just enough. I don't think that's any of us, is it? I don't think so. You know, here we see he was on the backside of the desert. Many of us would never choose to be on the backside of the desert. But it was here where God worked in Moses' life. We all go through different things. We all have different things we face and go through. When God allows us to go through the backside of the desert, it might be a season longer than we would realize or, 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 or whatever it is, but, you know, embrace it. Embrace those things that God is teaching us because it's there where we grow. It's there. You know, a long time ago, I was probably like 18, probably 18 years old. I climbed a mountain. Doesn't that sound impressive, you know? And uh, it wasn't a big mountain. It, it was in Virginia, so I think the highest point was still the lowest, ele- was below the lowest elevation of Wyoming. And uh, it was probably two or 3,000 feet. Now, when I say climbed a mountain, I ain't talking about rappelling 
I ain't talking about, you know, climbing on your tippy toes and fingers. I'm talking about walking up a trail on top of the mountain, you know, very, you know, very, but it sounds cool, you know, and then you explain it and you're like, you big wimp, you know, and, uh, but I feel better now that I told you the real stuff. But, uh, um, but, you know, when I was, when I was going up there, there was trees, there's plants. I mean, there's, it was humid because it's in Virginia and this is back when I was a teenager and was growing, going and going and going. Literally, it took us most of the day to get up there. And we stayed up there for a little while, and then we had to come back down before dark, you know. And uh, But there's two things, a couple of things that I saw that I remember. Again, I'm 42. This was all the way back then, and, and, I, and I remember this truth, is that when I was going up the mountain, not the mountaintop, going up the mountain, there was trees, there was flowers, there was vegetation, there was growth. We can say that I was in the valley going up, you know, well, we can say that we were on not the mountaintop spiritually, but clearly not the mountaintop physically. But as I was going through the valley, I was gr- going through growth. You with me? When we go through our, our not mountaintop experience, when we just go through life, we're kind of going up and down, up and down. When we're going up, you know, there's growth there. There's, there's experience there that changes your life. That, that you grow and uh, and it makes you the uh, the Christian that you are today and and uh, let me encourage you there's an, there's more valleys coming <laughs> but there's more mountaintops coming too but then we did get on into the top it took us most of the day to get up to it on top of the mountain most of the day and we stayed on top of that mountain thirty minutes maybe an hour a couple things on that mountain it was all rock there was no growth. On that mountain top, it was all rock, and it was just all there. It had puddles of water where it rained and all that stuff. I looked down the mountain, and the further you go down, you see the growth again. Spiritually speaking, we love being on mountaintop. Spiritually, we love when everything is going just right. But you know, we don't typically grow a whole lot when we're on the mountaintop. We enjoy the view. We like what we see. We look down, man. Praise the Lord that I don't got to do that again. And then you got to go back down. And uh, um, and but it's different going back down because you typically go back a different way. And and, and, uh, and preacher, where's all this mean? It, it means that this is where this is the forty years in in uh, in Moses's uh, wilderness, if you will, the backside of the desert. And and uh, maybe maybe he was here, maybe remembering his life in Egypt. Maybe during during those forty years, maybe he remembered how good it was. To have servants and how 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 good it was to have knew this and knew that and and uh, maybe maybe if if he's like me, maybe you can identify with this. What if this didn't happen? What if that didn't happen? Maybe you know, or how did I get here? You ever had that conclusion, that thought? If only, if only, if only. Possibly he was remembering his people in bondage. Possibly remembering his failure, his fleeing, and, and, and so on and so forth. And maybe he was thinking this. Maybe if I only didn't do that, if, if I'd only take, it, take that back, I would do it so differently. Just maybe after all of this had taken place, Moses thought he is done, he was done serving God. He failed too much. He messed up too badly. I don't know if you ever had that conclusion or not. I tell you, there was a time in my life where I thought my God was done with me. 
You ever been there? And I'm not talking about because there's sin. I was just different things were taking place. I was like, man, I guess I, I, I guess I'm done being a preacher. I guess I'm done serving a God in this capacity. But it was just it was just the backside of the desert experience. Just God was taking us where I need to be at. And um, how did I get here? Moses didn't realize that there was a God in heaven, that there's a God above that was at work. Same it is true for us. There's a God in heaven at work in our lives. We just need to allow Him to have our full attention and press forward. Let's move on here. And uh, uh, verse number 2 and 3, we see Moses' response to the Lord. Uh, the very first thing we see is, is verse 1, we see Moses, Moses with the flock. Number 2, we see Moses is called from the Lord. He gets called there in verse number 4. It says, And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. We see Moses' call from the Lord. You know, Lord, the Bible says in verse 4, it says, The Lord saw. The Lord saw. You know, verse 4 says, And when the Lord saw that he turned aside. You know, the Lord knew, knows if we are paying attention to those of us that have children. <laughs> Amen. We know if our children are listening to us or not. They might be looking at us. They might be looking in our direction, but we know if they're really paying attention. Amen? <laughs> you know, God in heaven knows that as well, if, if, if we're paying attention to Him. And uh, no matter what we're doing, God always sees, God always knows. Moses is now at a point where he's going to give God his full attention. Moses changed his what? He changed his direction. The Bible says he turned aside to see. Then the Bible says that he changed his focus. There, verse 4 says he turned aside to see. See what? He, he's going to go see why this burning bush is not, why it's burning, but why it's not being consumed. You know, I grew up, well, I grew up in Virginia, but I've been out in Wyoming for 20 years almost. And so when you're out in the the pasture land, or out in the prairie, when you're out with cattle or or, uh, or or sheep, what have you, if you see a fire, you best go check it out, because that one little fire can make a whole lot of little fires, or or you know it can just destroy the prairie, destroy homes, as we see just about every year out west. And uh, so he saw that he saw that little flame, and and God got his uh, it caught his eye, so to speak, and. God called unto him. The Bible says, verse number 4, says, To see God called unto him out of the midst of the bush. God sought after Moses as he does us. God called Moses to service as he does us. God very easily, God very rightfully so, could have called Moses murderer, liar, coward, so on and so forth. But he called him by his name as he does with us, as he does with us calls us by our name. Now, you may disagree with me here, but I'm convinced God, can I say it this way, performed this burning bush miracle for one reason. And that's to get Moses' attention. I'm thankful today that God allows, can I say it this way, burning bush experiences in our life, different things to get our attention to kind of look into the direction where God is at so that He can speak to us, so that He can get our full attention. You know, God is, 
God wants to bless. God wants to do things great and mighty in our life. Here we see, to get Moses' full attention, God did the burning bush of miracle. Let me ask you a question, and then we're done. Does God have your full attention? Does God have my full attention? Let me ask you a further question. Do you want God to have your full attention? What will God have to do in our life and in your life to get our full attention? Sometimes we as Christians, we let our past, our good past or even our bad past, negatively affect what we're going to do for God in the future. You may be here this morning and preach, I'm not a Christian. I don't know Christ as my Savior. My sins have never been forgiven. And, and, and maybe God's spoken to you somehow, uh, some way through a spirit because He's not willing that any should perish. Does, but God, you hear this morning, God has your full attention now and you want to turn from all of that, all that sin and turn to Him and put your faith and trust in Him. You know, in order for us, any of us, to truly walk with and go forward with the Lord, we must, number one, the very first thing, we must let the Lord have our full attention. I believe we see that here in Exodus chapter 3. We'll pick up the next two or three points as we uh, hear together further. But let me ask you a question before we uh, close this thing out. Do you want... God to have your full attention? Does God have your full attention? And again, I'm not here. I don't know most of you and uh, don't know any of you very close. And so I'm not, you know, not suggesting anything. But I, I want to get closer to the Lord. I want to do more for God. I want, to, I want to be as close to God as I possibly can. A preacher friend of mine says this. He says, let's be so close to God that when we turn around, we bump into Him. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure if that's even possible, but, uh, uh, but you get the idea. Moses, God sent the burning bush to get Moses' full attention. And Moses responded properly. I don't want God to send things in my life to get my attention. I want to give him my full attention now and today, if you don't have it 